Hello, and welcome to another episode of Waiting for Game. I'm going to be your temporary host for this episode, Edwin Budding. And we got a crew of green foxes surrounding me today. So, oh, yeah. Um, yeah, I'm really excited to be talking about what's coming up this weekend. We got Ludwig's event, LACS5. We got a stacked last chance qualifier. We're in the thick of the summer. We got so many big events coming up. We're going to start with this one. But the first person I want to introduce to tonight's show is someone whose perspective of Melee I always want to hear no matter what time it is, no matter what set's going on, I want to hear his thoughts. Um, he's commentated a lot of sets that I've seen before. Um, he plays a great fox. He's a big fan of Silent Wolf. And I'm talking about my good friend, Ambi Sinister. Yeah. <laughs> How are you doing tonight, Ambi? I'm doing good. Uh, yeah, I definitely overshot my ITG set that I played immediately before this. And then I had to come immediately from my stream into this stream. So definitely pretty tired. I definitely was not planning on that to, to go that way. But you know what? I'm here now. And now we're going to be talking about some, uh, some Melee. So happy to be here. Yeah, I, I'm happy you're here too. And I just want to say, Toph and Chroma, it's great having both of you on also. Uh, I always love talking to both of you about Melee. I think we got a really fun show co coming up tonight. Uh, Toph, how's, how's everything with you? I also came from playing ITG, actually. Uh, that's why I'm kind of sweaty. So I guess that makes two of us. Um, so Chroma, I mean, balls in your court. Yeah, I mean, I like to play this version of ITG where I take a step and my cat immediately tries to step under <laughs> me. And if I hit her, she makes a meow like she's been punted a billion miles and she needs an extra treat and I go to jail. So, you know, there we are. It's like a jack. Yeah. Yeah, so I mean, I I think it's it's kind of funny that uh that two of you are big into ITGs and that's like a form of fitness. We got a lifter over here. We got a stationary biker right here. So you know we're we're all crazy about about fitness and melee apparently together. Um, I used I I almost used to. I, I wish I could still say that I played Green Fox also, but I've been lately playing Blue Fox a lot Ooh. more often. And yeah, I, I don't really know why. I I've always liked the color purple and the 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 palette that he has. For, for blue kind of looks purplish. I'm not crazy for that, right? Like I got into an argument with, this, with someone who like he he swore that like it wasn't purple, but I I thought Fox looked purple, the like, boots and everything. I can't see colors that good, so I I'm with you. Everyone makes fun of me. Yeah, fair enough. So I guess like one thing I want to like ask you guys before we jump into everything else is uh well let me start with the story okay there's an episode of four fight side fights last year it was in like october and on it was zamu and one of the topics that came up was would you rather win the big house or would you rather win lacs and which event was genuinely more prestigious and i just want to say that like i thought the fact that this topic came up was insane like LAC or that the ludwig smash invitational within like its first iteration Zamu was on board saying that the Ludwig Smash Invitational was the most important event of the year, that he would rather win it and rather attend it than go to the big house at any point. And, and keep in mind, we're comparing literally one event to like one of the premier majors of the year, right? Like this is something that's happened 10 times. It's going to happen an 11th time this year. It has prestige. It has history in the scene. And already, already we have a top player saying that he'd rather go to the Ludwig event than win it. So uh, one thing I kind of want to ask you guys, and anyone can can start off talking about this in any order or whatever, is where does like like does by virtue of being associated with Mogul, does this event just 
immediately jump up into super major category? Is it is it the most prestigious event to win? I I don't really know. I I wrote about this in my column, and a redditor got mad at me. So I don't, I don't know whether uh, <laughs> as they get mad at me for many things, and I don't know what to think. Am I crazy? Am I crazy for thinking it's good, but not the big house or Genesis? I don't know. Um, I think that so Summit grew into. Uh, I would say a tournament series that became incredibly prestigious to win, right? It didn't really necessarily start that way. I've kind of talked about this a couple of times, but like in the early summits, there was this kind of like the original pitch. And 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 when they when they told me about the first summit, um, I honestly I envisioned something completely different than what it ended up being, right? Because they were kind of like, we're gonna get a bunch of gamers for like five days, it's gonna be way longer than every return. We're gonna put them in a house, and there's gonna be like you know, we're just gonna there's gonna be shenanigans. We're gonna get top players on the couch. They're gonna and I was envisioning like a reality show where the tournament is like secondary. And I think a lot of the other players were as well. And of course, it became, you know, over the years, I think, you know, maybe to fill a void or something. It kind of became a tournament that like was like, this is the tournament to win, you know, especially like during COVID with 7 Eleven, et cetera, et cetera, and, and with the prize growing prize pool. Um, and I think that like, you know, we may look back on this tournament and be like, man, it really fucking mattered, you know, depending on what Ludwig and the team want to do with it. Um, so, so I, I, I feel like this question, honestly, like, like truly gets answered in a couple of years. So your vote is going towards it's, it's too early to say for now. And it might, yeah, it's too early to say for now. It might end up, you know what I mean? We still talk about how Armada was the only player to four Pete or to win four summits at all. Um, and, and, uh, and, and that's something that we now, I mean, it's like, that was some shit, uh, you know, but I think Mango talks about this a lot, maybe. You know, and maybe he has some personal, you know, skin in the game because he didn't win a summit for a long time. And so he kind of would subconsciously downplay it. Whatever. You can say whatever you want. Point is, um, yeah, I think it, it might end up mattering a lot. You know, we might be talking about this, you know, for years to come, depending on how the series grows, depending on what the mobile team ends up doing with it. Yeah, Chroma, what do, what do you think about this? You, you think that uh, any mogul event... Whether it's the Ludwig Smash Invitational, LACS. You, yeah, I really like the Summit comparison for instance, as something that eventually like, grew to have that status in the scene. And that was doubted at first before it became, you know, something as prestigious as anything else. Chroma, where, where do you fall on this question? Yeah, I mean, Summit's a great starting point because I think you can just argue directly this is more important than Summit. And the reason I say that is because if you look at the strength of the players that come in, um, we're looking at this LCQ and we're going to talk about it later. The top four are going to advance to a five-round Swiss that seeds into a double elimination bracket against the 12 invitees. Mm. There is not a weak, you know, there's no meme pick. There's no weak player. There's really nowhere to argue that this isn't going to be an absolutely abysmally hard tournament. I mean, I'm looking for the people who are seeded to, to like get 33rd or I'm sorry, 25th. And these are your people that, you know, could contend for top 100. Probably a lot of them will. Your, you know, your 17s are people who can start contending for like top 70. It's it's unbelievably deep, that. Um, and then to make it through the actual bracket and win the whole thing, you have to go against basically every active strong player in the game. It's hard to deny. As far as the spectacle of it, Summit, of course, excellent production. You're never going to have something that is exactly like that. But the exposure that Ludwig brings is is strikingly huge. I mean, it's mm -hmm. it's fantastic. So you have a very, you know, you have a lot of sets being played, which really matters towards the end of the year. You have all the big hitters, which really matters towards the end of the year and rankings and prestige. Um, and you have kind of the spectacle of the presentation. All those together, they're very important. I will say, though, in my book, nothing really ever beats the big open super majors. 
And I think that's true as an event and as a competition. As a competition, there's just something different to having that many people come and they all manage to show up and they're a little bit more incentivized to hang around. Here, if you don't make it past Friday, you know you're you're in Vegas and it's it's pretty expensive. That can be pretty tough. And, and maybe you don't really have that much exposure playtime. Though I, I've heard last time it was pretty good. Um, and then as far as an event, what Mogo Moves and Aiden and the team does, I mean, these are incredible achievements. I mean, they have yet to miss, right? But I still think, you know, like a three-day huge super major, that's what I would need. And I think that might never change. Well, let's drill down on this, right? Because not every major is equal. You know, the, the scale of something like Get On My Level or Super Smash Con is certainly different than than Genesis or the Big House, right? So are we talking any event, if it's a three-day super major, is more test an important enough set of skills that it gets more prestige than Mogul? I mean, we're, we're talking about something, like you said, that has a big cultural place in the scene, but it also has a lot of money, which which draws top talent. So if, if you were to place it sort of in this sphere of of all these different events, is it, is it immediately below the, the other majors? Or, or do you think it's I above think, some of them? I think it's literally only below Genesis and Big House. And, you know, maybe something like Evo, if that ever happens again, right? I, and, you know, like like something with Shine, I think this goes above Shine. I love Shine, but I think it goes above Shine. I think it goes above Gommel. I think it goes above BOBC. I think it literally goes above everything else but the big ones. I'm going to draw a comparison to other fighting games. I think that for a long time, Capcom Cup um, was... Let me put it low. Let me let me flip it. I think for a long time, Evo was the thing to win in the fighting game, like for Street Fighter, for example, let's say. Um, and I still think it is probably the thing that gets talked about the most, but I would say that Capcom Cup has been elevated to that level. And to be perfectly honest with you, I think something that got Capcom Cup to that level is the prize money. <laughs> uh, and I think that there is one way that Ludwig can make LACS as a series a bigger deal to win than everything else, and it's by having a fucking million-dollar prize pool. <laughs> I think if there's a million-dollar prize pool, you don't care about there being a three-day... You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm, but, mm-hmm. but we're not there yet. Again, that's why I'm saying, you know, this. we'll find out. Yeah, that's that's that's, that's, a, a, that's a very good point. I don't think that's <laughs> yeah, one, once that million-dollar pro- prize pool is there, <laughs> it'll be surprisingly easy how, how quickly history and <laughs> yeah. prestige go out the window. <laughs> <laughs> I think yeah. I think it's funny because um, I want to let MB in, but really quickly, I think there's almost no incentive for Lud to do it because he has basically almost everything else he has. All the top players are coming, everybody mm-hmm. watches, and does he really want to be like the biggest tournament of the year and burn another million dollars? Yeah, I think he does. Saying. Actually, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> I think he'll do it. I think he'll do it. Well, I think the crazy thing is like to 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 you know buy everyone's loyalty wouldn't take a million dollars we've talked about it on the show so many times melee players are are cheap but if you get us enough things yeah we'll shill your brand we'll buy it well we love the attention we love the spotlight we're we're desperate for pennies right now we we look at esports at the moment we we don't have any leverage to work with (laughs) juan could shoot like five people a week and he still gave us coin box and that's you know that's pretty cheap ambi go ahead i don't mean to Yeah, no, so I think a lot of good points have been raised. Um, The way that I think about it personally is that a lot of this stuff like prize pool and even stuff like difficulty of the tournament to me feels a little bit downstream of like the actual metric for what kind of constitutes prestige, which for me is 
the amount of exposure you get for doing well, right? And I think that like, you think about like, okay, a big prize pool, if you get like, if you place really high at a tournament with like, you know, a million dollar prize pool and you, you win like $250,000 as a relatively unknown player, like people will be, you know, talking about you, right? Like we saw that with JMook at Genesis. That's like a really, really good example, right? Where like, if he got second at Shine, um, it's not quite as, as uh, you know, extreme of a comparison, but one, one parallel I can draw is Grab getting ninth at Shine. Um, you know, maybe not quite top eight, but you know, that tournament was top 12, right? Like he made it to Sunday. Um, Grab's still a relatively unknown player, right? Relative to someone like Jmook, who, you know, got maybe a little bit higher than, than, than ninth, but we were talking about Jmook and we never stopped. <laughs> right. <laughs> so I, I think that kind of what we are, we're hinting at with all of these different metrics, like prize pool and like, the, you know, the difficulty of the tournament or like whether or not it's an open bracket is like, if you do well at this tournament, how much do people pay attention to you? Because downstream from that is like sponsorship or, you know, maybe making this a full-time thing or even just like, you know, a, a big following or, or, you know, your stream super popping off after you do really well at the tournament. Um, so to me, I think that this, uh, it feels really primed for that, right? In the same way that Summit did, where like maybe like the pitch to Summit wasn't super like, oh, this is going to be a serious tournament, but there's so much visibility to the players that do well at summit that like it was kind of an inevitability that this would become a very prestigious tournament because so many eyes would be on you in exchange for doing well. Right. Like you get so much screen time, people get, you know, exposed to your personality. I feel kind of the same about this tournament where it's like kind of almost an inevitability that this will become a really prestigious tournament because you have the eyes from Ludwig, you have the difficulty of the tournament. It's in like a beautiful location. Everyone wants to do it. Um, so personally, I think that, uh, you know, all of these other things kind of feel like they're hinting at the same thing, which is like we're, we're being directed into like how much will people pay attention to you if you win or if you get fifth or something. Um, so that's my perspective on it. I don't know if you guys agree. I think if I think about the last year, a lot of players did pop off at LACS in various forms. Like Franz, I think, was a big fan favorite when uh, Franz had a, a great run, made it through, had some great Swiss wins, that sort of thing. I think soon say I have to like kind of think through the the causality because Big House was before LACS four, right? Yep. Or so Ludwig Smash Invitational, yes. Yeah, LSI, I guess, right? Because this is LACS, different thing. Ludwig, Ludwig, right? Yeah, I mean, soon say already was coming off of an unbelievably hot run, but I think that cemented them. And then in terms of people who became household names, um, again, I have to think about it because there was also a summit. Like, it definitely helped raise people's. A exposure being on the couch and also just playing five Swiss brackets or five Swiss matches. And they were always on and people were always talking about them in some sense. Yeah. So this is something I actually think is a, is pretty interesting about an event like this and about an event like LSI, right? We, we talk about so many of the, the differences between events. And I think one of the really large ones is, is the, the skills tested and the, the inherent within the bracket structure, right? You get an open super major, you know, th there's a bunch of different super major schedules across three days, but more or less it's going to be a marathon, right? You have to, you have to have good endurance. You have to be ready for the final day of matches, face your, toughest opponents or whatever and break through and in an environment like summit we, we saw you have to do at least 
good enough in group stages to get a semi-favorable uh, final bracket where hopefully you're in winners usually and and you and the winner usually wins the tournament from there with with an event like this i, I feel like it, it exists closer to the summit spectrum in terms of the skills tested and the actual structure of the matches and what you need to do to proceed in bracket but I, but i also think it's different in a, in a few ways um ambi you're someone who you know, you love talking about obtaining skills. You love you love talking about learning them. I, I think you have a very good articulation on how people ob obtain skills and the different skills tested in each event. And I want to pick your brain on this because we, we talked about this when it came to evaluating tournament victories last year when it came to like Mango versus AMSA, right? Like what are the skills needed to win an event like main stage versus versus the skills needed to win an event like Scuff World Tour? How does, how does that factor into the prestige or this or into our general idea of what skills we value from competitors, right? What's your take on an event like this and what makes it different from the other ones within the major ecosystem? Yeah, no, I think that's a really interesting question that I probably would be able to answer more if I was more informed about <laughs> the actual format of the final day. Um, I do think that events that don't do straight double elimination are a lot less dependent on bracket luck. Um, and I think that's uh, not in small part why a lot of them kind of pop off in terms of like rewarding specific players, even if they end up losing. Because we saw like a bunch of times, like, you know, the summits where Mango would like lose or in pools or something. Um, and then, you know, make a, make a big run because you could lose a bunch of times and still place really, really high. Um, I think that vulnerability to specific players is less important in formats where you get more matches, um, that are not, you know, so high stakes. And I think that, um, maybe that's something that, that plays into kind of the different reward structure of an event like this. Um, I'd have to think a little bit harder about like the actual event to, to give a more concrete answer than that though. Yeah, well, it, I, I think it's really interesting the point you bring up about, you know, losing early and then going on a big loser's run where, where you play a lot of sets and typically do better because sometimes the, the opposite happens, right? Sometimes players get really big wins in pools that just don't, that don't translate into them necessarily making it to the final bracket or having that deep run. And I, I think a really particularly big example of this last year was when Moki beat the breaks off AMSA and pools and had a, had a really strong first two rounds before just not make yeah before just not making it to the final bracket i i think at, at the lsi which is really brutal and i i think another really interesting variant of this was mango getting wins on zane and cody at the same event that he got eliminated by slug at right so i think that it, it ends up i think it can end up in scenarios where where players performances may genuinely be amazing for their ranking but it but it may not translate into the actual placement of a bracket which i which i think is pretty funny right like I think, hey, I mean, these are great examples. Pip Squeak, another example, right? You know, Pip beating Mango and somebody else. Good. Did he beat Juan? He beat Touchdown Juan. That was at the that was at the next summit. That was at the next summit, right? Okay, I, I remember Pip going in like possibly like three owing and just making it straight through. I think it's funny because, um, like, as a top seed, what you need to do is just make it into winners. I think that's really important. From there, maybe the bracket does break your way. Maybe people do well, and like all of a sudden, you've got two people that you can maybe be, and all of a sudden, you have a chance of getting into quarters or semis or finals with a lot less difficulty than you thought. Or you end up as the first seed, and then all of a sudden, you're playing Zane for some reason, right? Hmm. Um, the I think it's classic. funny because... Yeah, oh, God, yeah. Oh, absolutely. But it's funny because like as, as a top player, I always felt that... Part of it mattered and part of it really didn't. You'd see Mango go on these huge runs in pools and then it just doesn't matter because like Mango plays plop round one 
and it's and it's just kind of rough or like cody plays mango round one and that's just like how it is i think there's a very interesting sense of brackets and results luck that conflate in a very interesting way and it's it's funny it's something that seems to reward hungry box sometimes just by nature of who makes it through i don't think there's a good reason i think it just keeps happening (laughs) on the it's like there's no reason that it should benefit hungry box but like if Max, if Axe makes it, or if JMook makes it, and like Hungrybox is just a billion zero on these players, that matters a lot. I think a huge strength of Mango at the end of last year was just beating Cody every single time. Yep. Uh, more than almost anything. Out of the players that like maybe you put in that like top 10 to top 25 range, yeah, strength of just your overall bracket and your, your overall like matchup spread is super, super important. Um, you saw a lot of players got tested in a lot of interesting scenarios at um, LSI. In a way that doesn't necessarily happen at Summit in the same way. I mean, you have the gauntlet, you have a couple other things. It's kind of funky, the five round Swiss. Um, it's really neat. I actually have to think about how that works with 16. Was it 16 last time? For Summit or for LSI? For LSI. I LSI. seem to remember that there were like. LSI, there were quite a few. It was like 20 plus. You like went to 32 down to 16 or something like that, right? So, how does this work? They have 16 people they're going to put through five rounds of Swiss, and then what? Yeah, I'm not sure. Um, Toph, just to, just really quickly, and then we, we can start talking Sorry, about the yeah. LCQ. I got confused in the middle of that. You, yeah. You've seen a lot of these matches, right? Like you've seen from group stages to final bracket to winners, yeah. losers, whatever. What's the general vibe like for when you're when you're watching a, a groups match set in the moment? You know, is is this something that everyone's going a hundred percent on? Or is there yeah. information being withheld from from later in the bracket? Is is it full go time or or, yeah. or are players conserving their energy for later in the event? Tell me what's the what's the approach like from what you know? Like at um I mean, I guess the, the like the best example of this would be like the kind of like 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 summit, right? The kind of people are definitely trying their heart out in pools. Um, like, there's definitely it definitely is not a case of people like um, consciously sand like people when they lose in pools they get upset when they and they and they worry about how they're doing the bracket and stuff, right? Like, I think that the the there there has been this effect that for some reason. By the way, it's really weird as a commentator. Okay, it's really weird as a commentator. I'll talk about that in a second. But there has been this effect where, especially at summits, people who perform exceedingly well in pools and in, and in for example, summit had the gauntlet phase, etc. Um, sometimes just kind of peter out and get ninth in bracket, or vice versa. Um, and I I don't really think it's necessarily a case of um, matchups per se. I think it's this invisible. Honestly, I think the thing that it's the most similar to is the whole concept of like pop off energy. You know how like Cody wins winter semis against Zane or something, and then he like he like holds the pop off in because he's like got to keep going. If I let it out, the tensions. Out. I I think that's the and it's 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 invisible and it's hard to talk about because it's not very tangible. But but for some reason, the people who win tournaments or place high, and I specifically say place high, which is a thing that as, you know, as balladers, for example, as people, people do ballots for rank, we generally sort of don't care about as much as literally who you beat. But for whatever reason, the people who are really good at placing high at tournaments, people like Hungrybox, for example, um, they, for some reason, they just clutch it up on Sunday. And that is 
a skill. It's a weird skill. It's something that you don't even start thinking about until you're top single digit number in the world, you know, like, <laughs> um, and it's weird to talk about as a commentator because when you're commentating some, you know, Amsa destroys some, I mean, there's Amsa, Amsa at that one summit, uh, got 12 or whichever one where he just destroyed everybody until Sunday and then got nine. Yeah. Um, and that was that was the best example, and and it got to the point with these summits where you you would be commentating just just a just a, just a brutal victory in pools, and you'd be like, man, I think it's not gonna matter for a weird reason. But the, but the players don't even realize it yet. It's not like the guy who won is thinking, well, it was just pools, like you know that like you know they're proud of themselves and they know that they've solidified a better spot for themselves in bracket or whatever. The the, the guy who lost is salty. The guy who lost. Uh, no one knows why it happens, but as a commentator, you're kind of like, what? Like this might not matter that much. And I don't really know why. Um, so it's very strange. I, that's my, that's my two cents on that. Um, so, so yeah, I, but, but I, I do want to reiterate, I think it only matters for like the people trying to win, like for the people in the LCQ, the people trying to make it through Swiss, like every set matters so unbelievably much. Because, yeah, I mean, <laughs> uh, Pipsqueak, you know, be, great example, right? Pipsqueak beating Mango, even if Pipsqueak didn't get some astounding placing at LSI, that was still a career highlight. Like, you're taking that all the way, you know, to the bank, right? So you're going to do what you can on Friday and Saturday, regardless. Yeah, yeah I, think it's, I think it's really interesting, right? Because I think that so many of our tournaments that we play as Melee players are double elimination. Right. And double elimination punishes losing so hard that I think that like yeah. every top melee player just like they just have it in their brain like I have to defeat the opponent in front of me, <laughs> yeah. right? Like that is the only thing. Um, and it's weird with these formats where it's like you put two people together and you're like, all right, you guys have to play, and it's like, all right, I have to defeat the opponent in front of me, and it's like, okay, well you lose this, and you're like you're you're in the emotional headspace of like I'm in losers now. I have to play twice as many matches in order to win the tournament. This is awful. Everything sucks. I'm angry. Um, but it's like, no, like, actually, you, you might be fine. It's just like a different, a whole different vibe to the to the actual tournament structure. But I just think that melee players don't have that. They don't, I think I remember there, there, there was one tournament I vaguely remember Hugs losing to Toussaint, I think it was. And then getting like a way better bracket as a result of losing. <laughs> and like, I remember thinking like, there's no way he threw, right? There's no way. <laughs> There's no way. Uh, and you know, he he lost, and it, like it was not very competitive. I, I remember thinking like <laughs> this should have. This feels like it should have been closer, but it was really not closer. Like Tucson destroyed Hugs, and I was like, "There's no H way." There's Hugs no does really hate the Jigglypuff matchup. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, maybe maybe, maybe right. Hugs are just upset, right? But I was like, oh, it. Uh, yeah, really definitely bad. been there. Um, <laughs> There is an element. Hugs is the kind of guy I will. I mean, Hugs is a smart dude. Hugs is the yeah. kind of guy. It's not throwing, but God, there was some tournament. I've kind of done this. Not throwing, but you look at your bracket and you're like, huh, it doesn't matter. Winning sounds so bad here. Yeah. <laughs> it's, I think of the example I'll tell you, but it's this actually happened to me to locals a bunch. We're like, SKSK farmed this shit out of me. Like, out of people that were like performing at my level, I was like, Owen 15 at some point versus SKSK in particular. And I just didn't want any more of it at some point. 
And I just started looking at my brackets and like I'd lose. And I'm like, all right, well, I'm not near Sammy. Like I'm on the other side of the bracket. It'd go way better for me. My life would be fantastic. Because it's like you win and you play like the number one seed. And then like, oh, great. Now I'm in the SKSK zone because he's like lost to a Marth because he didn't care. And he's trying to hunt me down on purpose. It was Fal- Falco, right? Falco, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's but, thinking the opposite of what you're thinking. In that exactly. Scenario. Yeah, the same, he he's didn't like, give a shit. He ruled. Yeah, he's like, hey, I need to make it to Chroma. Yeah, he, he's like, we're back here again. <laughs> yeah, Chroma, you're you're up like three stocks to one against um, against SD Zach or something. Yeah, get me out of here. And you 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 remember that he's on the this guy's the on the other side. side. I need to leave. <laughs> I need to go home. Now, there's been like a couple of kind of funky ones where like I've looked at the bracket this week or this year and just been like. Oh, that's just that's just strictly better for you to lose. Yeah, um, I think it's I very think... it's very funny that uh, Ambi, you, you picked Toussaint and Hugs as an example. I think that's a pretty good one. I honestly thought Toussaint and Legend. If you remember when Legend beat Toussaint, but then had to play someone else into Absent Page for thirty two. Oh god, for thirty third, while <laughs> Toussaint went one, on this yeah. huge uh, on this huge losers run, and Legend was so angry about it afterwards. I think this is Shine twenty eighteen. If I, if that's, that's a good one yeah i forgot about that one that was a good one yeah anyways I yeah i i think that um i think that we're all pretty much like on board here with thinking of this event as like under genesis big mm-hmm. house probably above everything else right i have i have one more thing to say uh before we move on from lacs's place uh, among majors uh, if i may um i don't remember if he said this on stream or if like he said this like fucking to me or some shit but ludwig uh ludwig himself um, kind of said, you know, after LSI that he, yeah, uh, he, he worded it more, he worded it more harshly than I'm about to obviously. Cause I thought it was a phenomenal event. Okay. Ludwig's extremely high standards. Right. And I think Ludwig wants to run, wanted to run, wanted to run and wants to run like the tournament, like to end all tournaments. Like that's like his goal running a smash tournament. He's like, he doesn't want to run a tournament and get his usual, you know, viewership or what have you. And, 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 you know, like out outpace that playing Yugi or whatever the hell, right? So I think for Ludwig himself, um, I know that eventually he wants to, not even eventually, I think even probably with this tournament, but I, I know he wants to at least one day run like the tournament to end all tournaments. Not the tournament to end all tournaments, but the, the Super Bowl melee, whatever. The Evo Kill, whatever you want to call it. Um, and so whether that's this iteration of LACS or something that the team runs in the future, I know he has super duper high standards and like, I know he wants to, you know, he's kind of got that view on like his, on shit he puts on his stream in general. Like he wants to elevate whatever it is that he's doing. So I think that like, yeah, he, he, I know even though LSI was like that stacked, like it was like arguably the hardest tournament ever. Um, like uh, he's, he's got that goal. So if LACS five doesn't get there, then, I do think that he's going to try to get there in the future. Um, kind of tying it back to my original point, but but uh, yeah, I do know that this is something that Ludwig himself is thinking about and has as a goal. So, which is cool for the community. So, if we heckle him, we can make this happen. You talk about the million dollars. I'm just saying, you know, it would be great. It's just, it's just not top five in my book. I mean, he thinks he's playing against mailman, and and it, right. you know, right, 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 right. And, and then he and then he takes it personally, and then Sockon 2025 comes out, and it gets. 400,000 entrants, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I, I think for what it's worth, like when we think about this tournament, may, you know, maybe it's not a million million dollar open major yet. Maybe but it's, it's a billion. 
Yeah, it's <laughs> yeah. I, I think Ludwig will yeah Ludwig will have to reach out to a well if he's talking to Hbox, Hbox will suggest reaching out to the to the uh, to MBS or whatever the, the princess. <laughs> but but I'm the chief Saudi officer now. Yeah, well, who knows what that guy is going to be doing moving forward? But like, when you think of this event, it's basically like the, the LCQ is is like a is like a regional, right? It's a regional featuring several top twenty five players, a bunch of top fifty players, people that could be contending for mm-hmm. top fifty or top hundred by the end of the year. Then you have a bunch of regional stars, right? So I think there's so much to go into just when it comes to the final bracket. But you know, the the first half, right before the group stage, is it's basically like if if you look at the bracket and the level of talent that's there it's basically like a like a smaller version of pat's house three i think there's mm. there's so many good people coming from the west coast here there's so many people all across the world as well as well so um i don't really like i, I don't know where to start from this when it, when, when it came to predicting the bracket and seeing who would come out on top in the in the lcq you know obviously that this is before the seating was done so i wasn't able to give a good breakdown of different matchups that would happen or or different players to look out for outs- outside the abstract like in a vacuum so i, I guess one question i want to pose to any of you and and anyone can start if, if they have something on on the top of their their mind but who do you think is going to really surprise people in this lcq right because we have so many good players we have only four spots available for the last part of bracket is there any chance that it's it, that it's someone outside the top four, five, six, eight? Is 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 someone like Khalid gonna catch us off guard? Is someone like uh, someone like Koopa Troopa gonna gonna make a huge miracle run? Because usually that kind of thing is guaranteed at, at an event like this that's so volatile with so much talent, right? So I, I guess to, to sum it all up, any sleeper picks that we have going into this event is anyone to look out for? I think for me, if I look at this, it's funny because there are players that I would really like to do well, but I, I'm not really sure the bracket looks super, super good. Someone that's interesting, if you look um, in results recently, how they've been doing with the Fox and Falco, KGH has some interesting dynamics as far as the bracket goes. I think it's it's really going to depend on how a, a couple things break for KGH, but if you look at his bracket, he's got um, Paz and an NNW, uh, probably. I'm sorry, that's that's losers. Let me... That's a, that's a, a long loser's part. Give, uh, me, give me one second. Is the bracket? Sorry. Bracket is up, yeah. And it, I, no, no, no. I'm looking at it, but it's it's relatively finalized. I think so. I think there's probably going to be yeah. some adjustments. Okay. I've had KJH ah, over yeah. Swift. I thought Swift is not been focusing as much on melee lately, and then runs into Fiction, who's kind of buzz solly, which is unfortunate. After that, it's some mix of like a bunch of foxes, which. Okay, I, I look at that. I like a little bit less. I almost like the lose to lose to Swift bracket a little bit better. You have NMW into Lucky into either CPU Zero or Dawson, and then you have Spark, and then some mix of like Chem Magi or something like that. And honestly, that's like KGH Dream Magic Run, if there's a possibility there. I like Chem. I mean, you've all heard me talk about him on Nightclub VIP two. Great results recently. I wasn't in love with Kem's bracket, and I'm trying to remember exactly why. Um, just waiting for something to load here. And then, like, if anyone can get through John Co., that's one thing. Yeah, it's just fiction. Like, Kem has to play Null, which I think should be a really interesting match and kind of fun. Um, and then has to play fiction. And I just rate fiction really, really highly. I think fiction has a really good bracket. I think Kadoran has a really good bracket. And I think I'd be really surprised to see either of them going down early. 
You know, there's someone in this bracket who I want to talk about because he caught me off guard with this presence. And that person is Malachi. So oh, Malachi, for, for those who are not familiar with him, is an MDVA peach, someone who made the top 100 in 2019 in a very casual way, beating Ginger, beating Absent Page, beating Army, and all of them somehow just taken for granted and ending up with a pretty good spot. Um, Malachi ended up being like semi-inactive or kind of on and off in terms of what events he'd go to over the next few years. And I think this bracket he has is... You know, I, I'm not going to say he's favored against some of these opponents or any of them, but I think if if you're Malachi, I, I think this is what you want, right? You want you want to get by Alex 19. You want to draw someone like Lucky or Forox, depending on how that turns out. You want to draw like out of the relative top seeds that you could have. I think Sunsei is very difficult, but I think you know, we've seen Malachi blend spaces before. Look, he's, he's quite good in that matchup. And then if he wins that, oh, Mal yes, Malachi will have either CPU zero or Magi. So then we we could so we could easily have some well I shouldn't say easily but we could we could have something like a Malachi appearance in winter semis or or in top six of this LCQ. So if we're if we're talking about sleeper picks, you know maybe maybe this is something that's fairly unconventional as a sleeper pick. But I think a former top 100 player that's been pretty good in MDVA going back and forth with some of the region's most active players, beating people like Dawson this year. I think Malachi is a pretty. Um, it's a pretty sleeper pick to do here too well to do well here. I think he's going to catch a lot of people off guard. I do I want think... to zero in a little bit on someone that you name dropped in there, who I think has uh, a very it's a very evil thing to suggest, a very evil pick because they're so volatile as a player in general. But CPU zero definitely has a bracket that caught me. No, no, I got to cut um, you off right now. CPU zero loses round one. Yeah. Oh, I mean, do that the, king, not much of a fight there, the huh? CPU zero loses to melee stats, Danny, every oh. day. <laughs> melee stats, Danny. That might be his hardest match. Sorry, who is Danny? Yeah, no, that's right. That is the hardest match. SF. Wait, Danny's not yeah. going. Danger's telling me in chat. Okay, all right, I take it all back. You're you're totally right. Oh yeah, he CPU can't go zero. Friday. I forgot because he has a full sweeps this now. tournament. Okay, no, no yeah, contest. Super, this super is the easiest bracket I've ever seen. Yeah, no, CPU zero has um he has a nut into. Uh, who's who's he have? Where, where's my bracket? I lost my place. It's not Magi. Uh, yeah, not it's into Magi. Magi. If he beats, oh, yeah. that's scary for Magi. And yeah. uh, I think students say probably pretty hard, still doable, but pretty hard. But the, the loser's bracket, if he loses to Sunsei, is very favorable because that would be probably Mech. Uh, which Sunsei is recently beat Mech. Yeah, a lot of drill yeah. list. So I, I I think it's a very very interesting bracket for CPU zero. I think that like it's hard for me to like predict that CPU zero will do well because CPU zero has like the two modes where like he'll either get like some crazy huge win by like resting someone three hundred thousand times or he'll like get two fifty seven. So very much an all or nothing player. But um, if you want to talk about you know sleeper picks, pretty uh, no pun intended there. But. Mm. I had my eyes on the same part of the bracket, actually, uh, for KJH and, and Swift. I actually think whoever ends up winning that set, I don't know. I, I did. It was news to me that Swift uh, has not been super duper, you know, melee mode lately or whatever. Um, the last time I saw Swift play was like last week when Swift had a fucking crazy. Sorry, I cussed. I don't know if we're allowed to cuss. So, uh, Swift, did a, Swift did a ridiculous game five with with Axe um, Pikachu Ditto. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, obviously that's. I don't know. I feel like Swift is like 
super good um, and hasn't really shown it yet. But I feel like every time I wa- like against top spaces um, and Swift has a lot of spaces in the way. Is Swift fiction, has that happened before? Like, do we know for a fact that y- y'all know this kind of thing better than I do? Is that like kind of a, you know, non-starter for Swift? Swift fiction? I feel like they play, I feel like they played at Summit, at a Summit or something. That sounds like really hard. Just, just thinking back to all the fiction accents that have happened. A lot. Yeah. Swift plays different yeah. though. Yeah. And, and to yeah. be fair, fiction struggled with acts. Like, oh, man, yeah. Yeah. Nightclub VIP was rough for Swift. I will say Swift was probably not at full fighting capacity, but that mm. was, I think, a 17th losing Akeda and Bean from Long Island. Which yeah, Nightclub's hard, people... hard to say. Nightclub's hard. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that that part of the bracket, uh, I think, I think honestly, I don't know. I just feel like I see, yeah, fiction might be tough, but um, I think from then on it, I don't know. If Swift, if Swift shows up and, you know, to, to play, yeah. I actually think he could do super well. Um, yeah, I mean, this is someone that, I mean, Swift is someone who during the pandemic, when his full focus is in melee and competition, you know, like, in fact, forget the pandemic, there's a time in the, the first half of last year, he was the highest ranked Pikachu. It was yeah, crazy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Swift was actually, he was straight up looking like a top 25 player, or like oh, top yeah. 30 or whatever. Yeah. Like, and, and, and let alone the wins, right? I feel like also just the way Swift loses, like when you watch the sets that Swift loses, like, God. Super tragic um, loses. Tragic losses where it's just like this DSDs person, or something. Like, oh yeah, right. Bad breaks where it's it's the kind of thing where it's like, man, that one interaction goes differently, and this is like a borderline top fifteen play. Like it's crazy. Uh, like his controller will explode or something. Some shit like that always right. happens to Swift. Right, right. So I mean, that's true. I've seen that. I watched. Swift, yeah, Swift's like never to me. Like yeah. Swift never looks lost. You know. So I think that's my I've, that's my pick. I think that's a good one out of people i think are going to do maybe not so good i think mech's going to have a tough one i'm looking at this bracket yeah. it's it's literally he has to play the winner of free palestine and free hops into spark into s2j i think winners. free palestine actually has a pretty good bracket i well, like yeah. i like free i like free palestine to mech into spark yeah. free palestine going box spot or rectangle fox for for sheet now apparently apparently it's made a really big difference because after after years of just like really struggling with Dreff and i i think free palestine's actually started to like take take a good amount of sets in columbus off him and his his fox is quite good at that matchup i know it's spark right so you know right. i'm not gonna i'm not gonna act like spark isn't favored but i think for for draws of the, the type of players that you could run into that deep in bracket i i actually really like free palestine's path there Free, free Palestine, sorry. Free Palestine goes um, all, 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 all box now? So, so, no, so just he, does, for... he does box Fox for Sheik, and I think he does it for uh, some other matchups too, and he has, goes Marth and Sheik. He's a tri-main. Right, but does he play all... Sorry, the way you said he goes box Fox for Sheik made it sound like... Like, does he play with a GameCube controller, Marth? Yeah, yeah, yeah no, it's controller, yeah, Sheik, controller, yeah, Marth. Controller, Sheik, controller, Marth. Which is so, it's so insane. I definitely, there's definitely not a lot of players that do that, but definitely very funny for a trimester. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I mean, man, what is Spark? Spark okay. needs this so bad, man. Spark needs like to Spark... play some sets on stream. At a yeah, I feel like Spark has all his great brackets and results yeah. just never inexplicably happening out of the public eye. Yeah. <laughs> inexplicably. Yeah. Dude, Spark, um, Spark messages me roughly once a month to bring King the Cube back. First of all, um, Spark, 
is not playing the same character. I'm just gonna say Spark is not playing the same character as Drevin. Like beating Drevin. You tell me like, oh man, <laughs> yeah, I'm fair, yeah, on Drevin. It's a different yeah, yeah, dude. Fair enough. <laughs> so different. Anyway, sorry. Uh, no, yeah, that, no that that is very true. It's quite. He's like the polar opposite. Like Drevin is over here. Spark is like, <laughs> like you talk about heartbreaks. I've watched just terrible, terrible things happen to Spark so many times. I think it was Genesis. I watched Spark play Moki, and Moki's down like so far down, and I literally turn to Rachel, who I'm watching with, and I'm like, Moki wins this, and Moki really? wins this. This it, was that Apex. I think that was the Apex. Oh, was it? Was it Apex? Yeah. Is that yeah, this year? It was it was this year or last year. It was like completely evil. I watched Spark barely lose to Aklo. Um and actually, you know, lost quite a bit of money doing that after like some 13-hour flight in, you know, in in uh, Pennsylvania and Philadelphia. And like Spark's had ridiculous controller problems for the last year. Was responsible for probably like 3 or 4 people being top 100. Mm. Rocket <laughs> Logos. Oh no. Dude, Rocket won that tournament over here. Him. That was crazy. Yeah. Yeah, that was. Yeah, Spark had a rough last year. I think the the Z jump stuff just super did not work out for him. Mm. Yeah. Well, that's punished by God's law at that point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely flew too close to the sun. Mm -hmm. But, you know, it happens. Who do you have as the four going forward, Edwin? The, The four? Yeah, the four making it out. Uh, I had, uh, so I did this like weird, so this is before the bracket was released. So I did this weird, like win probability thing of, among the average top 16 seed against each other. So I ended up going with, um, uh, I think I w- went with Magi, Sunsei, Kadaran, and Zamu. Those are the, those are the four that ended up making it out in the, in the model that I built. But now that I see this bracket, you know, I, I don't, I don't know. Is Zamu still going? Zamu's still going. Zamu is eighth seed. Zamu is seeded okay, to play Zamu. STJ after Koopa Troopa and then into Kadoran. Yeah, so I think this part, so we were talking about this part of Brack before. I think Zamu versus part. Koopa Troopa and STJ versus Khalid, I think those two might like, those two sets might just change the tournament entirely. Because I think STJ, if, if, if they can get by Khalid and if they can get by Zamu, I actually think STJ has a very good shot at beating Kadoran. And I know this is going to sound crazy because Kadoran is someone crazy. Who, on, on the surface no. who, who has beaten Hungry Box multiple times. But I've talked to Kadoran about this. I've seen these sets. The way Kadoran prepares for Jigglypuff is specifically for H-Box. Like, he funny. only covers H-Box's drift patterns coming from the top and going down. And I've asked him about this. I asked him, why do you do this against the other pups? And he basically just told me, yeah, it's because they don't make it far in bracket enough. So I don't really need to prepare for, for that. I'm just going to cover what HBox does because that's most valuable to me right now. That could change. Kadarn is funny in that matchup because I feel like I feel like he struggles in it a lot, which is very funny for someone that does relatively well for Marth against uh, Hungry probably, Box. Probably yeah, he just for, prepares for HBox. That's it. Yeah. That's all he yeah, does. Yeah. For doing so well against HBox, like there are times. Well, Toussaint was playing incredible at Genesis, but Kadorn was absolutely in the back foot the entirety of that set. Um, CPU zero. Uh, Panko, right? Yeah, Panko. Yeah, that was another one. Panko was not super impressed. Yeah, I mean, I think STJ is straight up favored against Khalid. I think Khalid really just does not typically do that well in the Puff Ditto. I think Zamu is going to be weird, but that's definitely doable. And then you know, basically the fun thing that you know, all the Puffs are kind of looking at the Magi part of the bracket and saying like, oh, that's that's not so bad. You know, I like that. That's that's a fun one for me. 
So that's it's interesting for her because she's had such a strong year and she's done so well and almost beaten Agebox relatively recently. It's funny to see kind of the overcorrection and mm -hmm. how people respond to the style. I think Kadoran recently lost his CPU zero actually at Coinbox, and you know the connection's a little bit funny. But I think there were a lot of spots legitimately where I'm like, as a Kadoran fan, I'm like, I'm glad you played this set now because there were some punish chains where it's like, oh no, if you di there, you get rested, mm -hmm. and you need to know that. Mm -hmm. And that happened like five times. Yeah, it's funny. I, th I think what you're saying is, I think I actually kind of agree with what you're saying that this could weirdly, you know, it's easy to solo focus in on Magi as the as the semi favorable part of the of a bracket for a top Jigglypuff team player. But I, I think Kadoran might actually not not be too bad of a draw, especially for someone like SDJ, who I think yeah. I think throughout within Texas, you know, you you have people like SFOP, Bobby, and Salt grabbing grabbing a ton of headlines when at least when SFOP is an event, he does that. And I feel like SDJ because they're not as visible as some of these other players. It's it's really covered up what's been quietly a really impressive year from them. And I think this is this is the kind of event that, you know, as we're heading into summer rank, it's it's not inconceivable to imagine SDJ grabbing more top twenty-five wins against out-of-region players at bigger events and potentially cementing their own spot in the top twenty-five by the summer rank. So I think there's a I think there's a lot to go into here. Um just just for the sake of argument, I'll probably just stay with my picks. Um Kadoran, Zamu, Magi, Sunsei. Those would be my four. Chroma, pick four and go with it. Well, you got to go with the big boy, Wonko. Now that I know that, um, now that I know that Melee Stats Danny is not going to be there to destroy everyone, I had to recalibrate all my stuff. Um, I think Fiction... I'm actually going to say this and now I'm going to reverse it again. I think Fiction doesn't make it. I think Fiction maybe is not exactly in the shape that Fiction needs to do to win the matchups that maybe he does. I think, I think Ken actually makes it. I think Ken beats Fiction and Johnny and just goes nuts. And I'm trying to like make the math work to make everyone I want to. Oh, to show I, up I just here. remembered Zamu wasn't the one that made it in my final four. It was Fiction, so replace Zamu with Fiction. And those, I have a very boring yeah. four. I'm kind of I'm kind of a little bit rough on Fiction and Johnny right now. I think they'll probably make it, but I'm not sure that like like Fiction's been focusing on the game, which he'll admit to. Johnny's had some kind of funny results in NorCal. I don't know how much Johnny is taking those tournaments seriously at the end of the day. But I, I actually think it comes down to like Kadoran Magi soon say somehow and like Kemp. Actually, that's probably not mathematically possible. Spark, I need you to get in there somehow. Amby, take it away. Give me give me your four. Uh, I have a very boring four, personally. Uh, I think it will be Kadoran, Fiction, Sunsei, and Spark. I think that uh, all of them have pretty tame brackets, in my opinion. Um, I think that there's a lot of people that could make it, but if you if you put a gun in my head and you're like, what four people will make it? I think that uh, those four, at least with the current bracket structure, feel like they have much easier brackets than like all of their competition. Um, which is like, because they're good players, right? This is not like, oh, well, they got lucky with the bracket. It's like, you know, like they... It just looks like they can they can do it easier than other players that are that are in here. So, Tof, you gotta save us. Make you gotta pick a Chad four. We we yeah, we just yeah. talked about yeah. how volatile this bracket and was, sinister. and and the three the three nerds of us were all like, oh yeah, we'll go with four of the top uh, six seeds. All right, <laughs> so all right. help, help me out here. So I was gonna um I was actually combing over the bracket to see which bracket paths made sense. I'm gonna not do that then. I'm not gonna yeah. Okay, just for, for dude. Okay, look, pure vibes. Feels. Geo, 
It is fucking yes. crack. There's a lot of foxes Love in it. melee. Gio doesn't lose the fucking fox today, okay? That's Gio practices with me, uh, Mango eight hours a day. Gio's making it in. Uh, Suitsay's cracked somehow. He's also making it in. Um, I'll never doubt uh, Johnny Kim. Um, and I'm going to go with... Uh, dude, who's my last pick? Who's my last pick? Fucking CPU zero, bro. Yeah, I don't yeah. know. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to CPU zero. <laughs> That's my that's my four. I love it. Um, I'm actually rooting for Toast Four to make it. <laughs> that sounds like it would rule. I would like to see that most, a lot. If, if that happened, like if all four of those people made it, that'd be, that'd be, this would be the most fucked up bracket of all time. I'm trying to like this, mentally might put not together how it would yeah. happen. <laughs> I think the coolest thing about it is that even the the safe pick that Toph made was cool, being Sunsei, which I think is it's a relatively Chad pick among the among the top seeds. I can never right. cheer against Sunsei. So <laughs> you know, I I think that uh, I'm looking at the bracket. Uh, Sunsei has a fun bracket to make it through winners, right? Like he has a fun and a good winner. The winner of CPU Zero Magi, which I guess for this would be CPU Zero because CPU Zero is making it right, and then beating Kadoran. That that it's a, that put a uh, Sunsei can do that actually. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah I, I think Sunsei can do Sunsei that. Sunsei cool. Does that? Uh, but I'm trying to like put together where everyone else is, right? So like, let's see. Uh, CPU zero would probably lose to Sunsei in this in this hypothetical world, and then be where Magi would be projected to be, mm-hmm. which would be yeah. Mac, right? Um, yeah. Not bad. Which is not bad. Yeah. Okay. Um, let's see. <laughs> SCJ has a pretty solid bracket. He would only have to be. He could beat Fiction, yeah, and I would put him in. Dude, what if Koopa wins? I'm looking at this bracket now. <laughs> Koopa just wins straight up. It's, it's Khalid, Franz, Mech, yeah. Sunsei, Zamu, Johnny. Uh, that's Okay, the Johnny part's hard. We need can something. I t- can, I <laughs> that's you, can, I, can I tell you guys something? Um, anytime I see... Maybe I'm wrong. You guys would have the data on this. Anytime I see Mech... First of all, anytime I see Mech... <laughs> play a matchup where I'm like, Ganon loses this 3-7, Mech sometimes wins. No, <laughs> anytime true. Does, it happens a lot. He, is, he do be doing that. Right. And anytime Mech plays a matchup where he doesn't lose 3-7, I'm like, bro. <laughs> um, I don't know. Man. Yeah, I don't know, dude. Koopa does get three gallant every time he's on the left, which is really big. <laughs> uh, but, like, dude, I have such a hard time calling Marth's over back. Like, oh, yeah. It's horrifying. It's so happen. hard. I don't get it. I don't get it. I still don't have faith in that character, but I watch Mech and I'm like, you know? Mech, I think, a very hard character, a very hard Mech's player hard to call. It's yeah. so hard to call. I just feel it like has he to be a loser to anyone. Doesn't Mech? Also, doesn't Mech do pretty good against Sheiks? Because Mech fucking does the chain grab. Mech does chain grab yeah, Sheiks pretty well. Yeah, he can do the well. chain grab, yeah. <sighs> yeah, Mech's one of those weird players where... Matchup. It's like, I I would actually be, um, you know, just projecting matchups. Mech is the kind of person who, when he plays someone that I think of, like, an invulnerable or, like, very hard barrier to cross, he just inevitably, like, 3-0s them or does great against them, like, Polish. And then, and then Mech will just run into, like... Uh-huh. A PR Spacey or something, or like just some random player and just lose. Like Epango on net play, I think might do better yeah. than Polish. In <laughs> yeah, Epango on net play, I think <laughs> might actually do better against Mech than than our dear friend Polish. All right, last question here because I'm the host now. Where would Chef Roth <laughs> place in this LCQ? Is this a practice, oh, Chef Roth? Interesting. 
No, Chef Rock has only been uh, practicing for 82 hours this week and not 87. Oh, okay, okay, so okay, a so little bit off. Chef. I think Asashi Asa- might be hard. I don't know. Asashi would be hard, yeah. Other than that easy sweep, though, you're saying. Yeah. I think Chef could do it. Chef could do it. He might need a bracket. But Chef I think looked he, ridiculous he could against Mac. <laughs> but it was obscene. Yeah, that, that's, that's not even real. That's not even yeah. real. Apparently, like, there's some Netflix set that they play, right? Where, like, they, they ran into each other on Unranked or something, and Chef won, like, literally 200 games in a row. Oh we were talking gosh. about this in the Melee Stats Discord about, like, uh, which players, like, what, what is the best two players that could 100-0 another player? And I think, I think we landed on Chef Rock, like, winning against Mac 100 times in a row. I think that was, like, the most competitive <laughs> that was, like, likely to actually happen. Oh, don't forget about J-Mook Josh, man. Jimmy oh, Joshua was an insane pick. That's an awful pick. I can't believe. Oh, disrespectful! I saw that. Yeah, that that was a Dangel moment. Dangel for sure. Yeah, we don't talk about them. Plop off. Is there? Plop off. Say yes. I mean, okay. Twenty-five-two is in the same order of magnitude as one hundred zero. Twenty-five-two. Literally, I was not four, right? When that twenty-five sets, it sets. You got to win like a best of. If you have to win a best of five, you basically only have to like win ninety percent of the games. Dude, that's as long as they're not correlated. I don't. I don't think Plup would win twenty-five sets in a row against Amsa. I do. (laughs) I truly believe. I refuse to believe that. Are they playing sets back to back? These are back to back. Okay. I think if Omsa is allowed to like go home and watch the VODs and come up with some new stuff. <laughs> Damn, if it's literally back to back, I don't know. No, if it's back to back, it's much harder for Omsa, I think. Much harder. Oh, yeah. It's hard for Omsa? Are you guys kidding me? Plup is going to no. get like bored and run out of it. He doesn't. I've oh, seen hard. the net play. It's four or five hours of just heinous, heinous beatings. I, I, I've seen the net play. So I, I don't know. I, I don't think that would translate to a serious no, offline environment. I think that if, if Omsa was like a Fox player or something, I'm totally with you. Plup gets oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. like Samus, right? <laughs> but I think that he, he definitely hates Yoshi enough where like just fucking <laughs> beating the shit out of Yoshi a hundred sets in a row. He's just like, oh, he's so mad. A grand. <laughs> so I know Plup is not here at this event, but, is, it, but w- w- is this the kind of thing that we would want to see at a future Ludwig event or a major Plup versus Ops, or do we not want to see this? First to 100 oh, exhibition. <laughs> I would love it. That sounds heinous. I can't Omsa do that wins Omsa. the major and Plup only shows up for the exhibition. I would see a Plup versus Omsa bench press competition or all three lifts. All three lifts would be would be fire. Is Plup lifting? I don't know. He's going to have to. Omsa, I see him either, every I day. Plup does calisthenics, if I remember correctly. Ooh, like, that can be so tricky. Big, I think so. He's a, he's a big pull-up guy, if I remember right. Oh, I never knew that. But uh, he's I do know that Amsa, Amsa has been lifting, so it might be might be interesting. While we're on the topic, I have always wanted there to be a major that actually does the Thug Finals thing. Like, yeah, I mean, yeah. And and there's you know there's there's been opportunities you know like 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 tourneys where Mango's there to commentate or something. You know what I'm saying? Why hasn't anyone actually done that yet? I told uh, I, I told Dewan. Okay, you guys know the story about the Dewan. Versus Zane Icy's thing. Oh, yeah, because no. yeah, Dewan was shit talking to Zane Icy's and TLDR. He was like, I would, you know, I would spank your fucking shitty ass Icy's with my Sheik. Um, so character lock, character lock Sheik in the Icy's. And because uh, the whole point is the Icy's is a Sheik counterpick. And um, I was telling Dewan, I was like, dude, if Zane wins the uh, the tournament, 
you got to run on stage and just fucking thug finals. Um, and I will do my best to, 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 to do the commentary as if, as if it's a planned part of the broadcast. Um, and, and you got to fucking just fucking money match Zane on stage after he, went. he and, and Zane didn't win the tournament, unfortunate, no. but, um, God, I, 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 I can't believe there hasn't been a major yet that has done some form of thug fight. I think it's the sickest idea. And it's for it's for real estate. You can be the first tournament anyway. Yeah, I gotta be honest. I didn't even think of that idea, but the way you put it just totally sold me. It would be su- super sick. Imagine Zane popping off. He's like hugging his friends. The wand comes <laughs> the on. The just like you're yeah, shit. <laughs> you, you ain't shit. Yeah, exactly. You know this 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 actually reminds me of like this running gag that we had a while back back when um Armada and Hungrybox were winning all the tournaments during that like awful 2018-2019 period. Mm-hmm. Um. Where we came up with this plan where, like, you know how, like, players demand appearances fees sometimes? Like, we're like, all right, well, we're going to start, like, a Patreon where, like, there's a there's a minimum threshold that needs to be met. And if the threshold is met, all of the money from the Patreon goes to Hungrybox in exchange for him not entering the next major, right? Oh. <laughs> and we were like, okay, well, like, like, it's unreasonable to be like, Hungrybox, stop playing. This is terrible. You're killing the game. Like, you can't say that, right? But... If you paid him a lot of money, like the equivalent of the amount that he would make winning the tournament, plus like not being able to solidify his legacy or whatever shit people care about, right? Like, oh yeah, we give him like six grand every tournament weekend, he won't go, right? What if we combine the ideas, right? Okay, so no hungry box. <laughs> hungry box not allowed to enter the bracket. But he is allowed to go, and he does thug finals versus every single person. This would be so bad, for, <laughs> so bad for Jmook, right? <laughs> Jmook so never wins a major. Every Jmook, every Jmook major, he wins. He just got he's spoiled. Sweating. <laughs> he's playing Zane. He's warming up the fox, like just in case. <laughs> he's not going fox, dude. It's over. He's he's committed. He's no, as soon deep. as. As soon as Zane Joker moments him with the ICs and then Moki Joker moments him with the ICs, that's what it will take. <laughs> oh, Moki's got the ICs ready. I I have seen Dude. some shit. Is that what you is that what you want to see, Jake? You want to you want to see Zane? You want to see? Don't test us against Jmook for a full I actually set. do. I actually think it'd be so fucked. Zane's ICs so are so good. I not knowing basic things about ICs. I think it'd be great if Zane could not do it with ICs. But Moki could do it with ICs, yes! right? Like that's that's the, the triangle, team, right? Where like like oh Zane is like oh I have to play ICs to beat Jamie because it's like the sheet counterfeit, and Moki's like I play this character in random rank sometimes, just absolutely fucking up Jamie <laughs> doing what Zane could not. It'd be amazing. All right, that's so I was easy. gonna. I was going to do a thing where I, I wanted to talk about, uh, you know, I expected you guys to talk about, oh, you know, I want to see Cody versus this player, or I want to see Mango take on Cody or blah, blah, blah. But it really seems like just the vibe of the show. I, I think Zane's Ice Climbers is, is really the elephant in the room, right? Don't, uh, don't we all want to see it? <laughs> yes, <laughs> I do. Yeah, I want it. Yeah, so, so I kind I, of don't want to see it. I do want to know how it goes. I want to see Zane's right? Ice versus Magi. There is a nuance here where I don't really want to watch the set very much for any of Zane's Ice Climber sets. I'm like, oh, that's completely this sounds rough. That is completely. Well, I do want it, like, yeah, look at the bracket. That'd be so great. Um, however, uh, counterpoint though, counterpoint. I do think watching nothing against Zane. Love watching your Martha Zane. 
Oh, I do think watching Zane's Icy's lose would be hysterical. <laughs> that would be After all this You're totally right. You're totally right. I think it has to be like um, it has to be like West Balls is DK. We're like. For a while, it was doing really well against Sheik in ways that seemed to matter quite a bit. And you're like, this kind of makes sense. Sheik misses. And it runs with the Mute King. And in my brain, I'm like, this could work. And then, like, just immediately, Mute King's just laughing. He's taking 17 damage. Swaz is on stock four. Oh amazing yeah. set. Amazing set. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I I've seen some of Zay I've seen what some of those Nice's games. I think it's pretty good. It seems it seems very practiced in the matchup. The VGBC uh just tweeted out him like chain grabbing porkers at at a Xanadu as if it was a really exciting I think I think his ICs is pretty good. Will will it beat JMook? I mean it took like just Let's try to think of precedent, right? Like who, the last player that swapped to another character, or and also I guess there is one additional PPMD. thing. PPMD. <laughs> yeah, P- oh, I was thinking left and the shoot, last right? one. But, no, but yeah. <laughs> no. PPMD <laughs> switches to Marth, beats Mewtwo King Sheik, and it's the end. <laughs> yeah, that was, no, that that was pretty great. That was like ten years ago, which makes me feel old. what? Yeah, that was ten years ago. Was that Zanzu? No, that was like two weeks ago. <laughs> Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I think that Zane's Icy's it's Aww. it's hard for it's hard for me to say that it would beat Jmook or Leffen right now. But I think it's also worth noting that he doesn't want to go Icy's for a full set. He wants Icy's specifically for his counter picks. He wants to do Icy's on FD at the at the very least at or like at the at the at the bare minimum. I think he's going to start with Marth. I don't think he'll start with Icy's counterpoint. He actually caves Leffen in with the Icy's. It's not close at all. Oh, right. you think he? You think he launches? They, they I have think played. Lefe- they literally have played, right? Like when he was in, when they were in London or whatever. Yeah, they, yeah, they did. I would go then. Yeah, I was no. only watching the Kingu parts of that stream. So I, I think that they went. So Zane started off. To, I mean, this is this is friendlies we're talking about, but, but Zane started off pretty well. Left and adapted. I think they they put pretty back and forth. I would say. That's not good. That's very bad. For who? That's terrible. <laughs> for for Leffen. I mean, oh, they just yeah, played I mean, Icy's. For, for Sorry, I mean, honestly, Icy's does not get easier in tournament. That matchup gets way the fuck <laughs> no. Yeah, I mean, I mean I, I'll honestly say, like I said, back and forth, I would, I, I think it was like slight Zane, like from, from what I remember. Yeah, yeah. I was watching Zane play post foresight fights once, and I think we were miscommunicating, but it's possible this is true, where Zane did not know you could up the reverse F smash with Icy's. And he's like, oh, that's cool. And like, that's what we're talking about here. <laughs> like, he's going to destroy everybody. God, I'm, I'm so... Okay, you know what? I'm going to actually go in a totally different direction here. We, we've we been talking about wanting to see how the Ice Climbers plays into Zane ver, into uh, Zane's chances versus J-Mook, J-Mook and Leffen. But like, I feel like we're, we're missing something even more obvious here, which is, you know, I, I want to see Mango's Fox take on Zane. You know, this this is a rivalry that's that's thought of so much as like the premier one in the in the game right now. And and I don't think that's necessarily wrong, but I will say that like if you just watch the gameplay, if you look at the set count, if you, yeah. if you see how the sets actually turn out, it's basically like a 180. Mango does much better with Fox than he does with Falco. Yeah. And can he's I, can training I, the Fox. The the statistician, all through all three of you who would know much more about this than me. I have a Jesus Christ. Can I ask you a question? Can I ask all of you a question? Yeah. Is it weird? <laughs> Dude, Mango, like, oh, God. And I'm a huge, obviously, I'm a huge Mango fan. And, like, and I don't want to, and I know the Mango Nation loves the Mango Falco, and I know Mango loves this Falco, and it's got a lot of, okay, look, here's what I'm about to ask. Is it weird to say that 
Mango's like slumping and like, oh, he hasn't been doing that good at tournaments lately. And then you go and you watch and it's like, oh, he's solo maining Falco. And then it's like, oh, oh shit, oh, Mango's yeah. fucking winning tournaments again. Oh my God, he just Fox is back. And, uh, and he was great, going mostly Fox. And it's just like- That's mean, dude. Yeah, this yeah, Eric like Tell, regale years. Bro, they hired Tapkins as a coach for a while, and I was hoping that Tapa would just Tapa would just like never play Falco like, again, my man. Dude, it's insane. Oh, unless there's Fox on the screen. Is that weird? Is that weird to me that dude, I just like plays Fox? You don't even you can go Falco for Fox. No, you're just gonna be on the spot to say this, dude. All right. Yeah, Ambi, you got to release Swedish with Falco, and then he went Fox and won. Release the beast. I'll probably get docked for this. I have this running gag with the other melee stats people that Mango's Falco is Scorp two. Uh, <laughs> that yeah, that that know. like Tavo Tavo incepted this idea that Falco would be like a more consistent character for him in tournament, and he's just no, believed it ever since. No, and like you look at that period where Tavo was coaching <laughs> Mango, and he was like trying to play Mario era. against Axe and shit. He was just like, dude, this is literally like, you go from Scorp 2 back to Scorp 1, and then back to <laughs> He went full circle. <laughs> and it's like, and like slumping with Solo Falco, because he's just trying to like lazily, like laser, laser, laser down air against everyone. And then yeah. like, the moment he switches back to Fox, it's just like, oh, Mango's back. Mango's yeah! Back. <laughs> People don't talk about it that way. People talk about it no, like Mango's been sloping. They love his Falco. They love his Falco. They love and they're Falco. like, oh, these are like the same skill level. He's just playing the same character with. And it's like, no, dude. Uh, well, with Zane, it's it's so obvious, right? Like, I mean, look, like we we know the set counts and stuff, but like we've seen the sets too. Like, Mego kills him. Mego doesn't have to worry about like edge guarding him as much. He kills him. He kills him at like eighty percent. He combos him. He wins neutral a bunch, and it looks a lot easier easier for him. I I don't understand. Can some please help me understand why he goes Falco no, against Zane? Nothing to understand. He likes playing Falco. He likes playing Falco. It's so sick. It's a good sick. reason. But it's, so it's, it's so sick. I'm not going to deny that. So is his Mario. I will say. I love his Marth the but, best. Is that weird? Uh, no, that's yeah. a cool Marth. That's a cool no, Marth. This is sick. Marth Marquez. I am 100 percent behind Marth yeah. Marquez. I, I gotta say though, like you know, we, we we've been talking about the Falco. But I I think the I just want to be clear that the Falco has its place. The Falco For destroys sure. Fox. No, like it destroys Fox. Not he's not yeah. doing what he does to Cody without the Falco. For sure, I'm not. Yeah, 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 don't yeah. Play Cody's. The Falco. Cody's not the best. Cody and Leffen are not the best foxes in the game of all time because they have to lose to Mango's Falco so often. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Mango doesn't lose to Mango's Falco. Yeah, Mango literally cannot play his own Falco, so he can be the best. <laughs> he can be the greatest fox player ever. Yeah, I, I think that like it's it's interesting, right? Like because when you look at Mango's biggest wins, like like Tof was saying, right? Like the peaks of Mango's career, it's usually like like it does involve both characters, right? But I, but I think when it's mostly Falco and he just you know keeps the fox aside for Hungrybox or, or whoever, it's it's not as it's not as great. He does best when. It's mostly when it's mostly Fox with Falco as a sixth man. That's usually when when Mango's at his best. When when he's got when he gets to keep the Falco just for like you know Wizrobe, the Captain Falcons, Fox. You know he's he's great. He's cooking. When he goes Fox, when and like I guess Ice Climbers, he likes a little more with Falco. Right. But yeah. if he goes mostly Fox against everyone else, I I think that's the way forward. I I, I never understood why yeah. he doesn't just like. Primary Fox, Falco's so a six I, I think that's, that that's uh, one thing that maybe is getting um, tossed aside in this conversation, just, you know, pure, like, results people talk, is you look at Mango's Falco, and it looks so good. 
And it's the problem so is sick, I don't dude. I don't think it correlates that well with his ability to win sets. Like the one set that I always remember is that one grand finals between him and Hungrybox at like Shine. And like he went all Falco that bracket and he destroyed everyone. And he was like, you know what, I'm gonna try Falco against Hungrybox, right? And it was like he looked like he was fucking up Hungrybox so bad. <laughs> it didn't the matter. Whole set. Yeah, like 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 it was like a three one that Hungrybox won. And like it looked like Mango was fucking him up all four games. And he would just, you know, just die because he's playing Falco. And everyone afterwards was like, all right, yeah, Hungry Box won, but Mango was Mango was the best player in the venue that day. You could tell from and it's just like, dude, <laughs> cut it out. I, yeah, this I'm is with you. this I'm is so the barrier. It just looks too good for him to think it's not that good. The moment that sticks out to me dude. when I realized this was um Alex 19, I believe, playing Army. And Alex 19 at one point like shines in the middle of the stage and like hard reads army F's like four like dash attacking into him and charges up smash out of the shine and everyone's like that is sick and it was like 23 damage and it did not matter and it didn't change anything Dude. yeah mango taught me yeah that's there, sick though I'm there's um no for sure i really appreciate that y'all brought up like um i mean that you brought up kind of the the, the, the gameplay element and how good the falco looks um, and I do think there's a factor where, you know, Mango does a, a lot of practice on stream with like, and, you know, I'll tune into Mango stream and he'll be like, just fucking going even with Zane, with Falco or whatever. And I, like, I get it. I do get it. And I get why, you know, there's that, um, you know, kind of inclination to like, feel like, yeah, I can do this in tournament too. But I think there's like, man, yeah, it's, it's, it's like this kind of multifaceted thing. I think for, um, on the flip side, speaking of Mango Zane specifically, we talked about how Zane... Ices in the context of fighting left. And, you know, I think that can only look worse in tournament for the Sheik. I think it's the same way with Zane's Marth. I feel like Zane, how he does in friendlies versus spaces, and I think in particular versus Falco and friendlies, is never going to correlate to how he does in tournament. Mm. Um, yeah. he, he just turns it on. I don't even know if he means to. I feel like Zane, however, I do feel like kind of as someone who sort of watched him get, you know, go from good to great to one of the best. Um, he definitely does the thing where when he plays friendlies, he he will hyper, he will laser focus on a specific thing he wants to work on. And I think people like that definitely give their opponents false impressions about how their tournament sets will go based on their friendlies. They'll be like, Zane's predictable because he keeps doing this thing and blah, 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 blah. And like Zane doesn't do that shit in tournament. He's a lot less predictable. He, he is a lot more mm -hmm. efficient. Um, That's a great point. Yeah. So, and, 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 and frankly, like, I think Falco is the kind of character where the way Falco needs to win games, the way Falco takes stocks is like, it's, it's weird. It's weird to say, because, you know, at, at low level, mid level, whatever, net play Falco, blah, blah, blah. There's, there's, there's a lot of bullshit, whatever. At the top level, Falco is very not, he's like no bullshit, right? Like Falco doesn't, you don't get cheesy stocks with Falco. You get them to a hundred and then you do your kill move. Um, and I think that if that's kind of what you're relying on, uh, especially with the way Mango does his combos, you know, like, like Mango isn't, he doesn't, if you ask Mango to describe, you know, Hey, okay, well, what's your, what's your plan to do your combo to kill Zane? You know, it's, it's all in the moment. Right. I, I think it's just functionally speaking, it's hard as a tournament character. It's really hard for Falco to be consistent the way Mango plays him for better or for worse. Even when he's looking amazing, like you said. Jake, is there any matchup that you think we haven't talked about adequately among the among the top seeds or or people that could potentially win the event? Yeah, I mean, so this is your next question: like, how many people can win? 
Uh, I mean, yeah, we yeah we can go. To, we we can cover both of them in in this. I feel like um, one thing that we have not talked about very much is just uh, Josh Mann versus J Mook. <laughs> Which is crazy because we have talked about it a little bit. <laughs> yeah, you know, I think I think that one is. Yeah, I mean, I think um, Triff Hungrybox is one that I am actually weirdly looking forward to after seeing just a ridiculous amount of like Triff solo battle streams. Did you see that clip? That not only was the clip crazy, but Triff's uh, like cutting of that clip and Triff's the it, editing yeah. around that clip was insane. Where it was where unreal. Yeah, solo battle, like, or, oh my god, I'm trying to remember. Was this the one where solo battle tech rested him at the bottom of Dreamland, or is this the bomb one? The bomb, the bomb one, one, I think, the, had the, 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 the tech rest was really funny, but that one was not, like, super edited. The tech rest one was, like, solo battle, like, pounding underneath Dreamland, going for a timeout, and then, uh. like, Triff goes underneath Dreamland to try to get solo battle, and he's floating underneath Dreamland, and solo battle changes directions and jump rests him and just... I think Triff has a weird yeah. chance to win. Where like if Triff makes it through Swiss on like a three one, which I think, oh yeah, the top.